stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. It is showtime, everybody. Welcome to the 205th episode of the Brave Maker Podcast. Uh, this live show today is hosted by me, Tony Gapaso. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm wearing a black shirt. I'm a Caucasian guy with some yellow glasses in our Brave Maker studio that has the big pink letters and word Brave Maker behind me with some faux green. And I am a filmmaker. I'm an actor. I'm a screenwriter and director, and I'm based in Redwood City, California. And I get to do this Brave Maker work since 2018. I absolutely love it. Every week we talk to makers, creators, actors, filmmakers, all sorts of people from all over the world. And today my co-host is, for his very first time, Daryl Merkila. What's up, Daryl? Daryl is a friend of mine. He was a part of the Brave Maker Film Fest for our fifth year this year as a filmmaker, as a producer. We started talking. He's been circling around Brave Maker with his filmmaking skills. He drone operated on some projects I did. Shout out to Priscilla Lamb, who connected us, also a co-host on the show. But Daryl, you're in now. So give everybody your introduction. Tell people what the story is, who you are. Hey, thanks, Tony. So my name is Daryl Marquillo. Um, I have a black background. I'm wearing a yellow uh, baseball cap with white mogul letters because I'm a mogul. Um, that's actually my friend's brand in San Francisco, Big Rich. Shout out Big Rich. I'm wearing a white t-shirt. I am, I guess, a, a mocha colored Filipino American with a sexy beard and lineup. Um, but yes. Sexy, yeah, sexy. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here, Tony. Thanks for having me. Heck yeah. And Daryl's got like the killer, a killer smile and positive energy. So he fits right into the Brave Maker community. And I brought him in today for our special guest. Some of you know, I was at CineQuest for the second year in a row as a filmmaker. I've been attending for like 10 years uh, as a watcher of films, as a lover of films. And I got to have my feature in last year, Last Chance Charlene. And then this year they had The Crossing Guard. But one of the things I love is anytime I can is slipping into the, the theater and watching other people's films, indie films. By the way, we stand with the writers and the actors who are striking Fair deals, get your value, let's see integrity in the entertainment community. This film we will talk about today is not connected to any struck company, but it's an indie film made by an amazing entrepreneurial filmmaker, I'd say, who also acted in the film. And we have the the writer, director, and stars of No Right Way, Chelsea Bow and Ava Akers. And we also have our interior agreements through SAG as well, which is really important so that we can do this all above board. Thank you for saying that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, uh, Chelsea and Ava, by the way, two cool names, Chelsea Bow, Ava Akers. I mean, it's like you fit right in to Hollywood. Okay. <laughs> why don't you two, uh, before we kick it off with some questions, why don't you two do your introductions, uh, who you are, pronouns and visual descriptions. Chelsea, we'll start with you. Sure. Hi, I'm Chelsea Bow. My pronouns are she, her. I'm here at the Paxeros headquarters, which is our company. My husband and I have a production company based in Los Angeles. I am a Caucasian female. I have lots of freckles. I have strawberry-ish blonde hair. I have some bright red lipstick on, sunglasses on my head. My background is some faux brick. I'm wearing a cool black tank that says film is, oh, pain is 
temporary and film is forever. So I feel like that's a pretty <laughs> point for this. And I have some cool dangly earrings um, and green eyes. That's good me. ones, good ones. Ava Akers, you're up. Hey, hi guys, I'm Ava Akers. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles, I live in LA. I'm an actress and a screenwriter. In my background, I have my keyboard right there and then my sister's guitar. Um, I'm here at my breakfast table. I have brown hair, um, bangs, brown eyes, and I am a Caucasian 19-year-old woman. <laughs> right on, you two. And you played sisters in this movie that we're going to get to in a second. And Daryl has done his research. Daryl has like a ton of questions for you. So just get ready for a lot of introspective deep dive. Before we do that, uh, I like to start off with the origin story, and then we'll watch the trailer. I want to hear your origin story. How'd you get into this business? I mean, Ava, you probably think you started when you came out of the womb. I think that's what I read <laughs> somewhere. But uh, how did you get into this business? Let's start with you, Ava. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I have been, I had an agent um, since I was three years old. So I've been an actress in film, television, voiceover since I was three. Um, it's just always been the only thing, like film, filmmaking in general has been the only thing that I want to do for my whole life. So I feel so lucky, so blessed that I've been doing it for my whole life already. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically how, how it happened. I just, I started at a youth um, theater program literally when I was like two and three. <laughs> and then somebody there was, I think, talked to my parents and they were like, oh, your girls are having so much fun in our program. Like, maybe you should see if they, cause I have an older sister that's with me. And she was like, maybe you should see if your daughters want to go get, get an agent and try commercials. And we did. Um, and I filmed a commercial when I was three, it was my first set. I was ever on and I was just like, what is going on? This is so cool. And these giant cameras and these cranes. And I was, I remember, like, I actually remember it too. And I was uh, just wide eyed. I felt like I was at Disneyland. Um, and that's really what it feels like every time I'm on set. It's, it's my Disneyland. So yeah, I love it. I think we kind of agree with that, that imagination, that sense of play gives us yeah. such life. That's great. Kelsey, what about you? What's your origin story? Okay, born in Los Angeles. So kind of my, and a lot of my family is in the film industry. So I grew up on set as well in a different capacity. My dad is a first AD. My mom was a script supervisor. I have my aunt is a first AD. My cousin's a DP. My un great uncle was a, a director for commercials. So I definitely, it's kind of a home for me as well. Um, my dad would like plot me in the hair makeup trailer and the crafty trailer and I would, would be set for the day. <laughs> um, so definitely, you know, grew up. And then I did a lot of theater as a kid as well. Uh, I, I always wanted to act <laughs> as a kid and my dad tried to keep me away as long as possible because he saw, you know, the industry how it affects kids. Um, Ava, I feel like is an anomaly, <laughs> but um, he, he tried to keep me out. And then um, my mom was kind enough, my mom and my stepdad kind of moved 
into the suburbs when I was in junior high, high school, but she drove me down to LA so I could do comedy improv at Second City um, when I was a teenager. And I did like the teen troupe at Second City. And then I did the Groundlings in college and went all the way up through the Writers Lab. Um, but then I put aside acting and performance when I applied for college, I applied to both theater and film schools. And I was like, I'm gonna let the universe decide. And I got into film school. So I, from there, I kind of put acting aside and focused on directing, which I also did in, in high school. I, I directed theater in high school. I got the, um, there was like the student director position I applied for and I got it. And I directed my own play my senior year that did really well. Um, and and so yeah so then i went to film school at loyola marymount university there i met my husband um who was a year younger than me but he was also a film student we met in a theology class so god definitely brought us together um and and then as soon as we graduated we started our production company and hustled and made commercials and that's kind of how we pay the bills is um, producing, directing commercials, but uh, we want to do more narrative stuff. So that's where we are now. We've produced three other features before No Right Way, one documentary and um, two other improvised narrative films. And, and this is our baby. This is our first one that's just solely ours. So that's how I got to where I am in this moment. <laughs> Ooh, good. I love it. Congratulations on all. Okay, well, we're going to take a watch. And if you're listening to this podcast on the audio, you'll be able to hear it. But you can also uh, check the show notes for the link to the exclusive just dropped No Right Way trailer that premiered, had its world premiere at the Cinequest Film Festival. Take a watch. How is this not me? It's Jeffrey. It's slimy. You eat shit from Taco Bell. That's slimy. What is that? It's kombucha. That's so wrong. Okay. Why are you here? Child Protective Services called me and said I needed to come pick you up. Why? You've been living without power, Georgie? Like, that's kind of a big deal. The quicker you actually get through this checklist, the quicker your kids come back to you. How long should I pack for? Mm -hmm. Oh, a couple days. Um, yeah, Georgie, so? pack for about a month. What? Dad, they said that she was going to go to foster care if we didn't do something. Harper, you don't want to get dragged into this. Just go home. I'm not just leaving her here. I hope you know that I'm here for you if you want to talk to her. Is this like a therapy picnic? Let's do something fun. Okay. I have to say, it's been really nice to have Georgie in LA. For the first time, Georgie and I are really getting to bond. You're literally the lamest you. We gotta do something, Dad. Like, she actually needs us for the first time. So I think that we should go after custody. We can come in here and be a weekend mom, but this isn't just instant mother, just add water. You know, you gotta show up every single day, whether you feel like it or not. Custody papers? Wait, what? You fucking bitch! I fucking hate you! My children were just taken away from me by you. That was your decision to put them in that house with that man. So how the hell are you supposed to protect them? You don't have kids. You have no fucking idea what it's like to be a single fucking mother. You have no clue. 
swear on my life, I will always be honest with you from here on out. Well, if we're being honest now, you better hide your keys from me because I'm going to steal your car and I'm going to run away from you. Thanks for the heads up. All right, Marquila, take it away. I know you're itching. Go. <laughs> First of all, I love, love, love the movie. Um, the story, because I know, I think we'll get into that later, was beautifully written, Chelsea. Um, but Ava, you killed that role. And George, you. you were amazing. And um, my first question is going to be for you, Chelsea. So um, I actually grew up with some friends a similar upbringing um, as Georgie. And so my question, uh, my question is, uh, was her fa uh, family dynamic with um, her mom and her brother, was any of that based on a true story? Yeah, so No Right Way is loosely inspired by um, my half sister and I, Alana. Um, and she is also a force to be reckoned with. Um, and so, yeah, she she um, grew up in Vegas and was taken away from her mom at 13 for a year. She had to come live with my dad. Um, and yeah, she um, I took her out to her friend's funeral. So there was actually uh, four boys who were hit by a car and three of them passed and one lived um, and two of them were brothers. So just really devastating. Um, and when I took her out to the funeral, um, we stayed with her at the time she did have this really close knit um, relationship with these girls who had a big family um, and they were neighbors down the street and went to school with her. And she was, she basically lived there. Um, and I think even for a time during when she was taken away from her mom, I think she did at one point stay with them for a couple months. Um, so yes, yes, it's definitely, um, loosely inspired by people. Thank you for sharing that. It's one it's one thing that I think we filmmakers can do so well usually is take our life and process it through our art, which isn't always easy. You said off uh, recording the podcast that this has been a three year process of doing so. Uh, this is your directorial debut. Uh, that's a big deal. So I just want to like seriously applaud you. Congratulations. The. Um, the journey is documented on Instagram and I've kind of been like stalking all of the different things. You can find the film at no right way movie on Insta and you had your premiere at Cinequest. But before we get to the nitty gritty of some of the acting, just as the writer and director, I would love to just hear you've done commercials, you've done, you know, other shorts, you've produced features, but this is your first feature you directed. What are some of the things you're taking away going, oh my gosh, I this was great, this was great, this was hard, I'm going to do this differently on my next. What are some of those kind of high-level bullet point things you learned along the way as a director? Lots of things. Lots mm -hmm. of things. <laughs> Very good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I definitely have to say 
yeah, it was a journey. I, I worked on the, so it's an improvised movie. I know we haven't totally mentioned that yet, but I worked on the outline um, of the film for about three years. I reached out to my sister like two years after we had experienced some of this stuff and said, hey, you know, are you down to kind of work with me on turning this into a movie script? And she was, um, she talks about it now. She's, she says, you know, it was, it was definitely emotional for both of us, um, but especially her to kind of bring back some of these really traumatic, you know, experiences. Um, and I'm so grateful she was willing to do it with me. Um, and yeah, so I, I, the first draft of the script was really true to home of like what happened. And as I gave it to people, they kind of gave me some feedback and said, yeah, we need your character to be a little bit more like proactive, less things happening to her and her making more decisions. So we combined characters and made my character more proactive and it became what it is now. Um, and Okay, so the so as far as what did I learn directorial debut, um, I learned a lot. So I uh, the first narrative feature that I had produced was alongside Joshua Leonard. Um, it's called Fully Realized Humans. Premiered at Tribeca during COVID. Not a good year to premiere a film, <laughs> um, but it's also an improvised film and that film was like this little tiny crew. I think we had like 10 people on set and it was friends and everyone worked for free and it was really beautiful. And I ended up editing that, um, alongside I, I edited it and then Joshua ended up jumping in and next thing you know, we were, we're co-editing it. So I co-edited it with the director. Um, and because that was also improvised, I learned a lot just being next to Josh and, he um, is very like, I don't want to say OCD isn't the right word, but like particular. Meticulous. meticulous. Yeah. <laughs> He's a very meticulous person, which um, I learned a lot from him. And just through that whole process of like giving, getting, giving it out to people, getting notes from people, how to take notes, how to put emotion first, even though. You know, you might have envisioned it one way and like, oh, but, you know, we get so caught up as filmmakers with continuity and stuff like that, when in reality, the audience really isn't paying attention to that stuff. They're, they're paying more attention to the like emotionality of things and the way things feel. So that was like a big moment in my film where like a ton of stuff in our movie hit the cutting room floor and we'll never see the light of day. Um, and that decision came from me learning in the post process to just kind of get to like the core of the story and not convolute it with anything else. And, um, and to forget, like I literally switch scenes around continuity, like outfits to, to my, to me and my wardrobe person, we're like cringing. Cause we're like, Oh no, her hair in this scene. And the, you know, but like, it's fine because nobody notices. So that was like a big uh, lesson mm. <laughs> um, in post. I'd say that's one huge thing I learned. Um, and also just writing a story that's like, you know, loosely based on 
real people like that was a lot more emotional than I expected it to be but I don't regret it for a minute and I think you know it's brought me and my sister closer and has opened up conversations for other people to share and bond because of us sharing our story. Amazing. I, guess I know that was a long way to answer. <laughs> you got it, Daryl, you're next. No, we, we like these. We, we, we learn. I'm learning. Why do you think I have this podcast? I, <laughs> I want to help promote stuff, but I also want to learn too. So the, I, I, I hear you say, let go more in the post process is one thing I will take away from that. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, yeah, really paying attention to like the feeling of things versus like worrying about continuity or oh, they need this specific detail for this thing. It's like the audience is so intuitive and they pick up on so much. Yeah, that's my sister, Alana and Avon. <laughs> um, watching playback. <laughs> watching playback, yeah. Wow. So, Aww. yeah, I think trust your audience is a huge thing and like lean into like the emotion, get to the point, cut out any of the, like, yeah. Yeah. So well, in terms of continuity, uh, I know that it's a good movie when I don't notice that your hair was in a bun and not in a bun, or you know what I mean? Your, the collar went this way. And then when I know it's a good movie when I get lost in the story and um, I didn't pay attention to any continuity mistakes, Chelsea. <laughs> um, I was lost. I was lost in the characters. I was lost in the story. So uh, great job on your directorial um, debut. Thanks. Joshua um, always said to me when we were cutting Fully Realized Humans, he's like, if they're noticing that, then we have bigger problems, <laughs> which I think is the truth. That's like the point. It's like you want them to get lost in the story. And if they're worrying about continuity, then th there's a bigger problem with your movie. <laughs> gotcha. Well, my next, my next question is for Ava, who, like I said at the beginning, you killed that role. Uh, um, of Georgie, it was like I did. I couldn't even picture you like as an actor. I was like, man, this girl is real life. Like, <laughs> like you, you, you really killed that. So, Ava, um, my question to you is: um, there, you have a line in the movie where um, you know your character isn't close with with her father, and you you explain to Chelsea's character Harper. You said. Um, that dad only expresses love by writing the check and then he's on his merry way. And uh, my question for you, just I, just as a human being, as a child growing up, what do you think, um, what do you think a parent's bare minimum should be? Um, let's say, let's say they are providing financially and let's say maybe they, they are pursuing their career or their passion, but what else should be included in a bare minimum from a child's perspective? Wow. Oh my gosh. That's a cool question. Yeah. Um, you know, on one hand, it's tricky for me to talk about because I'm not a parent, you know, so I don't know. I can't really say like, oh, they should be doing this or the other because I'm, I'm just not in that situation in life yet, you know, but I think, um, yeah, I think from, I guess I could, from Georgie's perspective, it was really just she was missing that emotional 
support. And I think as a response, Georgie grew up and she just kind of puts on this front of, I don't need anybody. And I, I'm, you know, I'm tough. I have no needs. I have no uh wants you know i can i can provide everything i ever want and need for myself by myself um and i really think that you know she would never reveal this to harper or anyone else but really that's not how she truly is inside it's more of a it's more of a front and just a way to survive the situations that she that she lives through um but yeah i mean i agree with her definitely i think that love and support from your family is so important and it's some people are so lucky to have supportive parents and a lot of people don't get that and i mean in my life i've been lucky enough that my parents support my career in the arts which a lot of people would be like you know why aren't you at law school why aren't you being an accountant or something you know a doctor but my parents were um my dad's an artist he's a musician and my mom's in like computer tech, so actually completely different, but she still is all for, you know, filmmaking and, and whatever, really whatever I want to do. Um, so I'm really fortunate in my own life enough that they were right there with me, supporting me. Um, but yeah, that line was completely improvised too. Um, <laughs> I just was, I don't know, you know, I was just speaking through Georgie and, and so that wasn't in the script and I just it just felt true in the moment and I think that yeah for Georgie that's just how it was and I had to really get in her in her brain in her psyche to know her story like that or even come up with Georgie's story in in a lot of aspects I just came up with things but um yeah I don't know it's funny because I would speaking in character versus in my own life is like a lot of things were were completely different and then some things really overlapped so it was fun to play around and to figure out how to extend my imagination as an actor and really believe that I am Georgie. I am, you know, in this situation, like my dad is named Mark. My dad is overseas. Like it was, I really kind of gaslit myself into like <laughs> thinking that this is my full reality. And I just lived like that for the, you know, 20 days of filming or how, however long we we shot for. I really just, I barely talked to my real family. I told them, I was like, you guys, it's not, you know, don't take this personally. I just need to, I can't. You guys love me too much. That's not good for my character. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, you guys, like, don't, you know, don't check in with me. Like, oh, wow. you know, they knew I was fine and having a great time. But I was like, I can't come over for dinner. I can't hang out. Like, I need to just be in this moment now. So. Ava, how much of how much of that imagination did you stretch as an actor was mixed with? I saw that you were on set with Ahana and Chelsea, if I'm not mistaken, based off of, correct? Yes. So, so um, in the, I guess in just one sentence or one, one big takeaway, what was one of the things that you may have extracted from um, Chelsea's sister um, mm -hmm. in, in real life that, that helped you infuse that into Georgie? Um, honestly, there were so many, I mean, I, so many things that I, that she helped me with. Um, I just made a big point to ask a bunch of questions, as many questions as I could. I mean, I asked her what music she listened to when she was 13. 
and I made a playlist called Georgie and I just put all of those songs like those um there was like you know those 2010s like songs on the radio the pop songs or a song from Fast and Furious like and I would just play them in my head or you know in my headphones um in between or like on lunch breaks or something so I asked her random things like that but I just really like being specific and intentional with my characters. And so if I'm lucky enough to have somebody that it's loosely inspired by, I just want to know everything that they're comfortable and open of telling and sharing with me. And thankfully, Alana really was. She was so down to help me. And she, uh, we had, you know, deep discussions. And it was just a very safe and open space where we could just share, I could share places where I relate to her and she could, you know, tell me a bunch of stuff. And I kind of pick and chose what I wanted to implement in Georgie. And I also asked her, you know, what do you want me to, to incorporate into my character? Um, but another thing, kind of random thing, but super important was the physicality of Georgie. I think I took a lot from the way that Alana is always confidently walking into a room. She's not afraid to take up space and, and to, use her voice and say what she thinks. Um, and I think that's so admirable. And Georgie's also like that too, in her own in her own right. And so, yeah, I, I really focused on that, um, that kind of confident, cool and casual physicality that I don't even really walk around with in my own, you know, day to day life. I think I, I should probably work on being more comfortable taking space. But I mean, we can all learn from our characters. We learn a lot from our characters. So Georgie's helped me with that a ton. I like that learning from your characters. That's yes. really cool. And I also really appreciate just hearing you talk about, I mean, every actor is going to have a different process. I really think every actor, I don't like using shoulds, but you know, needs to consider doing a playlist for their characters. What would their character listen to? Like that's such a really easy thing to do. And I know a lot of actors, in between takes, you know, they put their little buds in and they walk off and they get into that space with music. And I definitely identify with that. That's really cool. But do I hear you correctly? Did you have, you know, would you say you didn't use these words, but would you say it was a little method? Did you find yourself when you weren't on set kind of like having a little bit, I don't know if this is the right, correct word, but you know, um, Georgie's super likable and, and, and fun and, and real, but she's also carrying a lot of trauma and angst and frustration. I really love the way the film opened up both characters. It could have gone a totally different way. It actually kind of spinned my expectation, just so you know. When you think about the film you're going to watch, both characters have a real likability. You know, Georgie's caring for her, her brother. Uh, Harper comes in and could have been really judgy and finger-waggy, but was really chill and peaceful and caring. I really like that, side note. But for you, Ava, outside of being on set during those 20 days, what was that like in that headspace of just going, I need to be in this character? Yeah, I... <laughs> um, it's kind of funny. I didn't really, going into it, I didn't think of myself as like, oh, I'm a method actor. Like, I'm going to do this. But I, I just, it just, I did whatever works for me. And I think the word for it would be method acting. <laughs> but I don't think that it, there's a right way to do there's no right way to do any character ah, <laughs> what you did there <laughs> oops <laughs> there's no right way to approach a character but for me i just like especially with improv but i think i want to approach every character as 
as close to them as possible or as method as as possible. So um, yeah, I really just lived in her conscience, in her physicality, in her voice even. Um, I made my voice a little higher and more, I guess, youthful sounding and the vocabulary, I changed, completely changed my vocabulary um, in even just day-to-day -day speech. I, yeah, said more like, Rare. I guess like laid back words and sus and like, I don't, you know, I don't, <laughs> but I was just trying to think of any little details that I could just feel closer to her and really do her as a, as a character and a full human in this movie as, as possible, you know? Um, but yeah, I guess it's funny. Okay. So our DP Pete Soto, um, I had my first, I only met him, you know, when we were filming already, like on set. So I, he knew me just as Georgie, even when we, you know, Chelsea calls cut and we just are hanging out. Like I am still in character at lunch. I'm chewing, eating with my mouth open and like <laughs> talking while chewing. And like, I'm, you know, putting my feet up on the chairs and I'm <laughs> on a counter and just, you know, doing random stuff. And so he knew me as that. And oh, I had my first conversation with our DP as myself when we rapped. So like Chelsea, you know, we called rap and I, he was driving me back to, we we're driving back to Los Angeles from Vegas. Um, Cause we ended the shoot in Vegas. That's when we officially finished. And so he, I was just, I hopped in the car with him and we drove um, some equipment in the car, like back to California. And I started talking to him just as myself, you know, I could, I could let it go. And I just kind of switched and that was just Ava. And I looked at him and he was kind of looking at me and I thought in my head, like, is he going to say something eventually? I feel like he's going to address this, you know? Um, and then he finally, he was like, you know what, Ava, I realized you were in character this whole time <laughs> for like three weeks. And he was like, I feel like I'm just now meeting you. So it's nice to meet you. And he, you know, like shook my hand or something. And I was like, it's nice to meet you, Pete. Like, you're great. <laughs> so That's commitment. Um, That's commitment, Ava. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I feel like, you know, whatever works, whatever works for you. But I, I just felt like I couldn't really do the story justice and I, I couldn't really tell her perspective if I wouldn't just go fully in. So that's what happened. Ava was a complete professional. I mean, obviously she's been acting since she was three, but you know, we did long, you know, four hour calls for multiple days going over the scripts and the story arcs of each scene. And even on set, she'd have her script with her. She'd be taking notes, you know, like I'd go in between scenes and be like, okay, for the next scene, like these are the beats. And she'd have her script out and she'd be ready to take notes. And we, you know, we'd rehearse the scene together. So the entire time she was like just a dream, like the dream type of talent you want to work with. Somebody who's just so dedicated, so invested with their heart and their soul and like, you know, attentive and doing their homework. So I just felt so blessed to have Ava on this project. And also Dreamy. outside of that, like just there for my emotional breakdowns, <laughs> which came <laughs> often, yes. and for Alana's emotional breakdowns, like Ava was just like the rock human of 
who was just perfect for this 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 job. Every time you had an emotional breakdown, Chelsea, did you tell uh, Pete, "All right, roll, start rolling"? Start rolling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. You had, you had some really beautiful and move moving uh, and believable, which obviously you want acting to be believable, but that's a good word. I would say it was believable. You get lost and then. Yeah, very impressive, both of you. Uh, great chemistry between you, and was one of the reasons why when I was at Cinequest and I saw the film, and then I stayed after, obviously, for the question and response time, I was like, oh, I gotta talk to them, because you, I, I assumed wrongly that you had, and you know, we don't have time to even get into all this, you have a lot of great, you know, supporting characters in this that you would recognize from, you know, film and TV, like Veep and uh, Happy Endings and other things. Really cool. And then I thought, oh, well, surely she must have known Ava beforehand. But no, you did all this through a casting director officially and got some really great performances, which was cool for me because I've never used a casting director. I'm always, you know, either casting on my own or casting with my friends. And it's worked so far, but I would like to try. But I know that takes money and I want to hear about this side here talk about a little bit more about but behind the scenes of the making of it and getting the money i believe you're still raising money uh for it so chelsea talk a little bit about that side of the business end of making a feature and getting people paid and and what your hopes are for next by the way this is episode 205 if you're just tuning in on our our channels live i'm with chelsea bow who's the actor writer and director of no right way feature film just premiered at cinequest and star of no right way ava acres with my co-host dara marquillo uh chelsea go for it what you got sure so um yes we hoped that we would have some investors come in and be like we're gonna fund this thing for you and that didn't really happen <laughs> um but we did have um sean's uncles and my aunts both invested in the movie which helped it kind of get off the ground which helped it you know allowed us to hire a casting director and do some of like that initial legwork um but we just you know we were like we have to do this we have to make our own film because if we keep waiting around it's never gonna happen um so, so we just did it and we, you know, we had some money from making commercials and branded content and whatnot, but uh, ultimately we, you know, put a lot of stuff on credit cards and, you know, we have experience of running payroll and we have this beautiful community of filmmakers here in LA that we use quite often for all the commercials and film shoots that we do. So we tapped into that community um, we paid everyone. They knew that this was an indie film. So, you know, the rates weren't their normal commercial rates, but people were willing to come out. Um, and we were so grateful. And we, the interesting thing about this is that we originally posted this job as a modified budget for SAG. Um, and that's what it got posted for casting because we were expecting to have a bigger budget, but we ended up only having like a ultra low budget, but because we had posted the roles via casting as modified low budget, which have a specific rate with SAG, we ended up honoring those, even though our budget ended up being a mm -hmm. tier lower. So sure. all our SAG cast got paid um, MLB rates, even though we had a ULB budget. Got it. Um, and I think that helped us get the quality of talent that we had. I think that's why we had such incredible 
talent. I don't know if they would have submitted to the project if it was, you know, a lower tier. Um, so I think it's, you know, talent. That's one thing is like I've learned just from directing commercials is your talent is so, so, you know, writing first, then once you casting is the next thing that really helps bring your project to life. And it's got to be good. <laughs> I mean, like that, the, the chemistry, the performances, as soon as it's not, it takes the audience out. Um, so that's the little backstory. And so, yeah, so now we're technically the film is done. It's premiered, um, but there's still a lot that we're still need to pay for a lot of credit card bills that we've expensed this project onto. And, you know, we're still, we want to go travel. We want to go be at the festivals and do the Q and A's and meet the people. So there's definitely still things that we're paying for. And that's why we're crowdfunding through GoFundMe right now. Um, and if anybody sees the trailer, sees the movie, wants to donate, you know, we we're still funding, trying to fund money. And for every person who donates, I bring dances of gratitude. So if you donate to No Right Way, pick a song, pick your favorite song, or if you want to embarrass me, pick an embarrassing song, and I will dance to that song in gratitude um, for your donation. So that's what's happening <laughs> on that front. And that's how we're helping fund our movie. <laughs> I just have to say this is a really great example for filmmakers is get creative with how you raise your funds do it however you need to do it if you're good at dancing or if you're not uh, just find a way to make it appealing asking for money is a part of filmmaking you cannot get around it but if you can make it fun and interesting and creative you just might see that money come in so I, I loved seeing that on your Insta this whole like, there's like tons and tons of videos of you dancing around you have a full house remake with the whole cast i mean it was just super fun really creative way so if you're listening to this right now in the chat below there is the gofundme link that you can go ahead and support or if you're watching this or listening to this later it'll be in the show notes and you should follow along for ava and chelsea's career just in general for what they're doing it's amazing Thank you, Tony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Daryl, you have any um, like really important questions you got to get out before we end this conversation today? We didn't get to half of the ones that we sketched out, but what you got? Right, right. No, because we had we had real conversations. Good, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, uh, off, I, I have, do I have time for one each? All right, cool. Um, on on the on the subject of production um the fact that you and your husband run your your company right chelsea how um i would say how important is it uh not to just have a partner in in the business but just a, a partner who supports you let's say for example i'm a filmmaker not me personally but anybody out there let's say someone's a filmmaker and maybe their partner uh has a computer, you know, tech job or is in pharmaceuticals or is whatever. Um, but they still support their partner as a as an actor, as a creative, as a filmmaker. Just how important is that for your energy and um, replenishing as a, as a creative to have a supporter that's not only supportive, but is also, you know, building brick by brick uh, that I, that, that I mean, um, your company with you? 
Thank you for asking that, Daryl, because although Sean isn't on this podcast, he definitely deserves the recognition because I don't know. I mean, we I told him earlier today, I was like, I don't know how I would do this without you because it, I mean, really, um, he's the, the business behind our our business um, and just has that that business brain that I so desperately need and keeps my calendar together and my life together. So um, I definitely, as far as Paxeros goes, you know, we really have a nice is it symbiotic relationship where we just balance each other really well. And he has just been extremely supportive throughout the whole thing. Even when I transitioned from just directing this film <laughs> <laughs> to directing and acting, which happened kind of last minute. Um, and he was just completely supportive the whole way through and still is. Um, and I would say for other creatives out there, you know, how important is it? I would say, yeah, you, I wouldn't say it's impossible. I don't want to say anything is impossible, but it's really important to have your partner just holding space for you because being a creative, um, it takes a lot of energy and, you know, you got to kind of put everything out there on the line and, and that takes guts and, and having someone just kind of there to catch you when you doubt yourself or when you fall is like, you know, it, it would be really lonely if you didn't have someone to do that. Um, and so we definitely need those partners, those people in our lives to kind of just hold that space for us and encourage us because otherwise, you know, I'm sure there are people who do it, but I feel like it's so rare. Like, and I feel like, you know, Ava was a, one of those people on set for me too, just, you know, supporting when I went from just solely directing to acting alongside of her she was extremely supportive. Eliza was really supportive and they were both like, yeah, like, let's do this. You got this. And it makes a world of a difference. I think if they doubted me, I would have definitely doubted myself as well. But like, oh gosh, I don't know. But it meant a lot that they, that they were there rooting, rooting me on in front of, you know, yes. always, always Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even get a chance to talk about that part, but real quick, Chelsea, you were not supposed to be the lead. You were not supposed to play Harper. You just wrote Harper. You're going to direct Harper. And then the day before or a day, you had some things. You want to quickly say that story? Yeah. So um, I, I have I had a web series that I acted in immediately out of college and I acted and directed and wrote it and, you know, a lot of the hats and after that experience, I was like, never again will I ever do that to myself because it was just hard. Um, and I felt like my performance lacked because I was so busy doing all the other jobs. Um, and then, you know, what is it? You tell God your plan and he laughs. It was one of those things. Um, <laughs> and so I really, yeah, I, I wanted to have someone else play Harper so I could just really focus on, you know, my directorial debut, focusing on the directing aspect. Um, but when push came to shove, I think we just realized that if anybody knew the story the best, it was me. And um, yeah, we made a last minute call 
for me to act in it. And I think it was also something like divinely guided because um, it didn't give me a chance to overthink it. I just went into survival mode and just was like, all right, let's, let's, I mean, it was it truly, it just like, I, I had to dissociate and just be, and it didn't give me a chance to overthink anything. And next thing you know, I was just, I was, I was in it, <laughs> um, which helped, I think with the improv improvising, it allowed me to kind of be like an inside agent and steer the scene and the conversation in the direction that I knew it needed to go for the edit or for the story. Um, when I felt like we were getting off course, I was able to bring us back. So it ended up working quite nicely. Um, and I think I had a lot of resistance to acting over the years and it kind of, you know, it brought me back into a passion that I'd put down for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And you were amazing. And I loved getting to work with you. I wouldn't want any other co-star. So a fun fact is um, Ava and I, our first scene we filmed together was the park um, mm -hmm. truth or dare scene. Oh my God. Oh, the, <laughs> the therapy picnic one. That's fun. Yeah. Yes, the therapy picnic scene. Yes, uh, great, awesome. Well, if you're if you're wanting this insider information, you're going to track down how to watch this film so you can see all this juicy stuff on screen that was not meant to be and how magical it was. All right, Daryl, you got one more question for Ava. What is it? All right, um, this is off. This is off the um, the story from No Right Way, but you know, I, I did my research on your credentials. And your IMD, your IMDB is longer than train smoke. <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, I, I I wanted to ask you a question about your you mentioned it uh, earlier that you do voiceover acting as well, too. Yes. I'm just curious because you tricked the hell out of me as a, a audience member when you when you told Harper, I'm dude, I'm 14, and then you said you you um, made your pitch higher. Mm -hmm. You used words like like and sus and breath. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And and then I go on your Instagram. I'm like, you're a full adult who can vote <laughs> in this world and, you know, <laughs> uh, carry on. And so uh, my question is, in back to voiceover, uh, uh, back to your voiceover um, back, what has been the funnest project that you did as a voiceover actress? That is really, okay, that's so hard. I think voiceover is so fun because, I mean, you can literally transform into anything, any person or animal or inanimate or object. I mean, not inanimate at that point because you're voicing it, but um, <laughs> so it's just such a different, I mean, it's really similar to acting. You really have to embody the character. And even when you're, even though you're not being, recorded um on video you you still it's it helps to d adapt the physicality of whoever you're voicing anyway so you kind of just you just play with your imagination um and it's it's so fun i was on adventure time i've done multiple episodes on that show i play young marceline and then i also play a character called um jamaica who is like she was kind of involved with Lemon Grab in a couple episodes and uh, kind of messing with him. She was part of like a gang called the Pup Gang. So she was really tough and cool. And then young Marceline obviously had to um, uh, replicate like the vocal patterns and kind of like texture of 
older Marceline. Um, so that was an endeavor in itself. Uh, I just kind of listened to Marceline, like the older version, um, over and over again. And I don't know. Okay, so I think Adventure Time, I love that show. And the creators are so free and open. And we could improvise, actually, um, a lot of our lines. And we could add our own words. And and they let us, like, add our own sound re vocal reactions. or and And sometimes, like... When I first got on the show, I think I was probably eight or nine or something. So sometimes I would stutter or mess up my word or I wouldn't know how to pronounce something and they kept it in. Oh. So it's a very like, collaborative space um, and it's very authentic. And watching the show, you can really tell like it is just really whatever, whatever happens in the booth. Like it's just it goes it gets to the show. Um, so that's really cool. I also played a male penguin for happy feet too I right played I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> eric and that was fun too because i got to play a boy like a boy voice um so that was cool you know it's more i approached it more like grainy like the little raspy boy and and he the character was younger than i am so it was okay that my voice was high um and i was a penguin so i mean <laughs> Come on. And I love the Happy Feet, you know, the first movie. I was obsessed with it. So even just auditioning for that, I was freaking out. Um, so I don't know everything. I'm just I'm blessed. I'm really grateful. I'm so grateful. So fun. Yeah. If we have more time and there wasn't a strike, I would ask you some other questions about some <laughs> other shows that you got to do, which is so cool. But you two I have both... another fun go ahead, go ahead. really quick. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This job was Ava's first job. Um as an adult so oh, nice was, she was 18 when we shot it and she it was her first job that she didn't have to have her parents tagging along uh, yeah. which was the first big time driving myself to set that's so fun first time getting to say the f word so many times too yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that felt good oh that felt awesome that, <laughs> I've never i've never um yelled at my director or called my director a B-I-T-C-H. Oh, so I do that in a lot of scenes. So that felt <laughs> so weird. I was like, oh my God, this is also someone I love so much in real life. Like, you pull her hair in real life too? In the oh, yeah. uh, in that car scene? Oh, yeah. Was wow. that I was scared. I didn't want to actually do it. I didn't want to hurt Chelsea. But she was like, Ava, come on. You just got to do it, man. Like, you're not going to hurt me. It doesn't hurt. Man, I'm fine. Go for it. I was like, harder. So good. Like, dude, just go for it. <laughs> so it sounds like Chelsea never had to say, let's just pull back a little bit. She's actually pushing you to the edge like a good director. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. She's she's good a badass. Well, you her. two both are badasses. Uh, the badassery is complimentary <laughs> of one another. Very excited for both of you and for your film. And if Ravemaker can help with getting the word out, we will. And uh, this will be you know out in the internet -iverse hopefully getting some more eyeballs on your work. And we hope any of you out there who want to help support can go to their GoFundMe page. We're not done yet. Stay tuned for our favorite things of the week. Brave faves, TV shows, films, books, songs, technology, clothing, podcast, food, and more. These are a few of our favorite people, places, and things. Brave faves. Okay, I'm super late to this show, uh, this game of this show, this game, this this series of 
Ghosts on CBS. It is on Paramount. I'm watching it. I'm binging it with my, I have three daughters, sisters, uh, 12, 14, and 16. And it's a show that the whole family can watch. And I am loving it. Uh, It's funny. It's well written. It's a great ensemble. The themes in the show. I mean, Chelsea, you mentioned this earlier about theology. I too have a degree in theology. So I'm a theologian slash filmmaker. And this film deals with so many cool things so it gives me a lot of things to talk about that i then bring into my faith community and make them watch it and talk about it too so if you haven't watched ghosts there are two full seasons obviously because of the strike third season is on hold but it's really really great so i recommend that daryl what do you got what's your brave fave of the week thanks for ghosts i need i need to check that out tony well my brave fave i was talking to tony before the broadcast was Last night, Beyonce turned the Bay Area Uh-oh. into the Bay Area. Uh-oh. I was, uh, I was amongst the Beehive. We were going crazy. Um, Jay-Z walked, walked within like two feet of me uh, very swiftly and with uh, heavily guarded security guards around him. So um, <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't happen. But uh, my favorite part, my brave fave of my brave fave was seeing Blue Ivy Carter um performing on stage um because i have a daughter myself and um to see you know the love child of two creatives you know what i mean beyonce and jay-z's freaking daughter performing on stage it was such a beautiful surreal moment to me so that was my brave fave tony that's a good one that's a good one all right chelsea what's your brave fave of the week my brave fave is something I've discovered. I'm not a coffee drinker, so I either drink tea, like I drink a lot of tea, matcha or chai. But the new thing that I just discovered that my husband helped me discover is a matcha chai. Mm. So you can get this at Starbucks or you can make it at home, but you do matcha with chai. Like at home, I do like matcha powder and mud water because it kind of has like a chai thing happening um, or with like a chai tea bag. Um, or you can get it at Starbucks. You can get like a chai with like scoops of matcha in it. And I mean, it's, it's life-changing. It is so delicious. Sounds good. <laughs> I need to share it with the world. I I told my aunt about it and she texted me today and she's like, okay, I tried it and you're right. It blew my mind. So I have to get that out there. Good one. That's the first time we've heard that on the show. So that's good. Fun fact, Tony, is I worked with Utkarsh from Ghosts on um, The Drop. Oh, that's awesome. So incredibly talented, really good at improv, obviously. Right on. Yeah, but. And he's the, so if you don't know the show, he's like the main, one of the main guys on it. So yeah, definitely check it out. Cool. Ava, what you got? Um, I have been dancing a lot lately, uh, which I used to dance. I mean, I've, I've done classes in ballet and tap and jazz funk but and hip hop but i stopped for a while especially during like you know the pandemic years i didn't go to any dance classes but lately i've been going i've been line dancing so that's like a western like country cowboy dancing style there's like waltzes and the cowboy cha cha so i've been learning that i've been taking heels classes which is pretty different it's like very uh kind of more feminine dance and you're in high heels. So I'm learning how to do that. And then I've been doing jazz funk, which is also super fun. 
Um, so I've just been on a little dancing craze lately, but Good. probably inspired by Chelsea and all her, her dancing <laughs> videos, but she's not even, she doesn't even need classes. That's all freestyle. That's crazy. You're actually so, really good. So if I make a donation, do we get to see a line dance? Potentially? <gasps> oh yes. Like, yes. Cotton Eye Joe. That's all I could think of. Is like, is, is Cotton Eye Joe a, a line dancing? I think it is. Or Electric Slide or something like that. Electric Slide. Yes. There's there's a lot of like, you know, Morgan Wallen songs that that I like in my line dancing class i learned to those um or luke bryant or something i don't know i didn't even listen to these people before these classes so i'm really learning a, a new thing with music and dance so i'll make ava come out and line dance with me okay yes. so is it like i mean you don't want like a dollar for a, a line dance but like 50 bucks like that's a good i mean what's worth your time like what kind of donations <laughs> I, are we talking about here i tell everybody because i know everyone's in different financial positions yeah um, so honestly, I've taken donations as low as $5 because that's all, you know, that that person people can give. Yeah. yeah. And that's fine. I think every dollar helps. So yeah. I'm going to give 50 bucks. Okay. That's so you got 50 bucks coming for me today. So zell, zell it out. Uh, if you want to do that, you can go to, uh, their Instagram page, Chelsea, where do you want people to go to follow you? Yeah. Um, at Chelsea bow, but broken up with periods so chel period sea period bow chelsea bow and ava where do you want people to follow no right you? Movie oh. and follow me through that too sorry no right way movie on insta chelsea or ava where can people follow you you can follow my instagram at ava acres it's a-v-a-a-c-r-e-s all together and i think my twitter is the same thing all my social media is i'm just at ava acres Easy peasy. Daryl, where can people follow you? At Merkilo, M-E-R-Q-U-I-L-L-O. Y'all got really good names. Uh, I'm Tony Gapastone, and you just got to sound it out. It's Italian, but you'll find me. I'm, I'm out there. Everywhere. Tony Gapastone, eh? how you doing over there? All right. Uh, <laughs> let me just say thank you to all of you. We went a little bit long today, but this is good because obviously we could have talked way longer uh, with these cool cats. Uh, but I want to say thank you to our team, our producer, Amy Cohen, uh, also Jessica Musgrave, who's been co-producing the show over the past couple of weeks, and intern Jessica Cohen, who takes this show and turns it into video clips and puts it out on Instagram, and our social media producer, Carrie Alley. This week, uh, I did it because things kind of came together last minute, and this is why I don't do it. Uh, I got a text from Amy saying, Tony, you posted that this was happening in March. I'm like, oh my gosh. So thank you, Carrie Alley, for making this job uh, easier for me and taking it out of my hands. And then Barnell Amos, who does our editing for the audio version. So if you're watching this, you can actually listen to all 205-ish episodes on all of the podcast apps that are out there because of Barnell Amos. Uh, please follow us on our YouTube channel, BraveMaker.org. And here's the deal. We are a nonprofit. We exist because people give us donations. Uh, we have 33 people who donate anywhere, like Chelsea was saying, from a dollar, five dollars, fifty dollars a month, helps us pay for our, our streaming platform, our, our equipment, our insurance, all that kind of fun stuff. And our film festival that we do every single year uh, is only possible because of people who give. So we'd love to encourage you to go to bravemaker.com slash donate to do that. Or you can text right from your phone. Just pick up your phone and text the word BraveMaker boom, 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 to 44321. That's 44321. 
and just use the word brave maker it's one word all right everybody thank you so much for listening for watching i uh, really appreciate it. follow these uh cool cats and uh let's have you back again and um, if you're ever in the bay area let's connect or when i'm in la daryl and i maybe can connect with you we're down we're down to Time to climb. Down to line dance. We're, we're down, down to, to line dance. Yeah, we're down yes. to line dance. Let's do That's it. Right. <laughs> we would love that. Thank you so much for having us, Tony. Heck yes. Yeah, so glad to meet you. So much. Don't go away. We want to grab a quick snapshot. But everybody else, we'll see you next week. I have another CineQuest film called East Bay, y'all. Actually won uh, one of the feature filmmaking awards this week at CineQuest. So the filmmakers from East Bay will be with us next week. So don't miss that. Same time. 3 p.m. Pacific time on all of our channels on Thursday. Yeah, brave stories change the world and you are the story, but everyone don't go away. Bye. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at BraveMaker.org. Like, subscribe, and share. To become a monthly donor, text the word BraveMaker to 44321 or go to BraveMaker.com slash donate. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>